In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here we go again. I know you guys like sitting around the tailgate telling stories with good buddies, cracking cold ones. No matter if it's hunting season or fishing season, well, so does the Outdoor Drive podcast. So we're going to bring you Tales from the Tailgate. All right, we're back on the Tales from the Tailgate, where you're going to drop a good one this week. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and I am joined by my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardick. What's up, man? Dude, I'm ready for this one. I've been waiting all week to hear this story. It's a good story, dude. One of my favorites. So we got Steve Carpenter and Casey Carpenter with us. We had the pleasure of doing a youth hunt with them, and... I know that they're ready to tell this story about our great weekend on youth haunting here in Connecticut. How you boys doing? Good. Good? Good. Did you have a good weekend or what? <laughs> yeah, that was a great weekend. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. And you and I and I will say this for all the listeners. Kaysen definitely he impressed me in his hard work and dedication throughout the day because when we had first gotten into the spot and we had a bird and we you know, we had Mr. Matt Weddish join us to do this one and film it for Real Real Outdoors TV, and we passed a bird at 25 yards, but we'll get into that. But where it all had started was Friday, um, me, Steve, and Kaysen had met up, and we decided to go and do some some scouting to try and find some birds. So Kaysen and Steve met me over at a spot. We walked in. It was kind of hot, and it was it was gross, muggy, bugs, so on and so forth. So it's one of my spots that's kind of one of my favorite spots to hunt, and we've killed a ton of birds in that spot. And we decided we're going to walk in there, and we started off by owl hooting our way in or actually goose calling our way in to try and see if they were on, on the ground right off the rip. And as soon as we got in there, we... We goose called all of our, our way in, nothing, 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 got back to these flats and where they normally hold up and I hit a goose call and we hit a we hit an owl call, no response. And I'm like, all right. 
so me, Kason, and Steve were just standing there, and, I, and I, now, now kind of like myself, I don't know what you guys were thinking at that point, but like, I'm like, I don't, why are we not hearing anything, you know, and the stress starts to build, and I'm like, oh man, I, they're just not there. Um, what did you guys think at that first moment where you didn't hear anything gobbling? Well, when I was there, since I haven't been turkey hunting ever, I was, like, kind of confused because I didn't really know if that was, like, bad, like, really bad or if it was just, like, not good. So that was confusing a little bit. But it wasn't the best feeling. No, because you didn't hear him gobble, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had made the decision to kind of push a little bit further in and, and hoping that they were down in this one hollow on this peninsula that had gone out. And we got down in there. And same thing, no sound. And we had sat there until almost dark and didn't hear any gobbles at all. And I was like, all right, well, we might as well head out. But still in the back of my mind, I mean, I have Marduk texting me and I have Wedish texting me. And they're like, dude, if you are confident in it, they can be there. Because just because you don't hear them gobble doesn't mean that they're not there, right? I mean, like, that's one of the things I definitely want to hit home with everybody is that if they're not there and you know that those are historically birds in that area just because they didn't gobble back at night when you're roosting them doesn't mean that they're not going to be there in the morning so we got out of there and headed back and i just made the call that that's where we're going to go in the morning so we ended up deciding that we're going to meet there at five and was a five in the morning i think it was right 445 445 so we decided we're going to meet up there at 445 just because one of the things with Stateland is if you're not the first one there, you're the last one there because something could potentially happen where somebody actually shows up. So Kaysen got out of bed on time. You know, dad was a little worried about this, huh? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Did you roll right out of bed, Kaysen, or was it like... Yeah, uh, yeah. it was instant. <laughs> what, was your, what was your feeling? Zero hesitation. <laughs> what was your feeling going to bed? Did you sleep at all? Not really. I got like four hours of sleep. <laughs> You're like a kid on Christmas, right? Hoping Santa was, was going to be there say, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't I'm the same way and I'm 30 something years old and I get the same exact way I didn't sleep that night neither because I was so excited um so we got there at 4 45 in the morning we're just sitting there and a lot of the times we don't go in until the sun is already up and these birds are close to on the ground or already on the ground um just so that we don't bump them I remember Matt explaining that to you right Kaysen like the reasons why you don't go in and so on and so forth so while we're sitting there, and I, this is another thing I definitely want to hit home too, is, you know, and I felt bad about this because somebody else had pulled up. And when you're hunting public land in one of these these areas, it's tough because if if somebody does pull up, you know, if I was regular hunting and they had a youth, I probably would have let them go in and hunt in there. You know, it's a smaller sliver piece. It's a tough area to hunt. But we had a youth too, and, and it was Kaysen's time to knock down a bird. He did the hard work. He got up early. He was there. He was in the parking lot. You know, he did his due diligence as a state land hunter. And so somebody had pulled up, and he was kind of a little bit rude, honestly, because he got out. He didn't even ask where we were going. He just got up and started packing his gear and started working his way into the into the woods and that's when Matt had said to him, hey, man, where are you headed? And that's when I took over and started chatting with him. And we pulled up on X and on a hunt stand and started showing him kind of where we're going. He was like, oh, that's kind of where we're going. And I go, 
sorry, man, but we were here first, dude, and Kaysen's ready to go kill a bird, so we're that's where we're going, you know? And uh, I kind of felt bad about it, but in the same point, like I said, man, Kaysen got up, and he's a youth too, and he wants to go and shoot a bird on youth day, so that's where we're going. So he ended up being nice enough, and he said, I got another spot, so he did it. So, so then we started working our way in, and we took our time, and Matt Owl hooted his way in, and nothing again. You know, so now I'm kind of getting nervous, but we really weren't in that spot yet. And we got down to the first area where we had stopped um, the night before and still didn't have any gobbles. So we decided to push down a little bit more onto this point. And we finally, we ended up getting a gobble. And Kaysen, what did you, what did you feel like? Like, what was, what was your feeling and thoughts at this point as far as like, you heard this first gobble. Now, now, what what are you thinking? I was really excited. As soon as I heard it, I like straight up turned to my dad and then looked back right at Matt to wait for him to tell me what to do because yep. I did not want to mess anything up. <laughs> so, so kind of take us through it, man. Some of your feelings and and kind of what what ended up unveiling from there on out. Well, when we went in there, so the bird came in. It got really close, and I saw it. So I was like, okay, get ready. It's coming. And then it turned its head right at us, and it saw us, which was not great. And then it started walking away, which made me really bad. But, like, at the same time, I thought it would maybe be a chance that it could come back. But then Matt turned to me and was like, okay, he's gone. And I was like, dang it. And I got really mad. But I tried not to really make too big of a deal of it because we had a bunch more spots to go to and and one of the things that happened is the so the bird came down and matt was calling him up calling him up he came up he stayed to the left hand side and me and steve are watching him and i was like dude all right hopefully he's gonna work down because normally those birds come in at like 12 o'clock you know so i'm like all right maybe he's gonna come down and then he's gonna come into the decoy but it was like a small little ravine there and he couldn't really see the decoy so his his He's not really focused on it. And then he kind of worked his way off, and then Matt started to call him back, and then that's what ended it up where it got in to about 25 yards, and he kind of looked right through the decoy, and he saw the boys sitting there, and then that's when he putted. He went, burp, 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 and Matt just kept calling, but he was gobbling. He was, like, super unsure. So when he had come in and he's at 25 yards, you know, Kaysen and Matt decided that, it was a good idea to just pass that bird because he's on high alert. Kaysen's shooting a 20 gauge to, you know, and he's, he did his due diligence and he sighted it in him and Steve and they, they sighted it in and got it all fixed up. But the thing is when that bird was on high alert, it's just not a good scenario for somebody to shoot at their first bird because now he's, you know, he's not doing the right thing. And it was kind of funny as, and Steve might want to tell this, but he was sitting next to me and he's like, he's like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to puke. Or I'm gonna poop my pants because like I'm super nervous. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it, uh, it definitely there was a point there where because Trevor, Trevor and I are sitting behind them, probably about 15, 20 yards, uh, and a little bit to their left, and we were looking right down that stone wall where that bird came in, and he we we saw him come up to the stone wall, and I'm like, oh my, like here we go, like this is it, and then he kind of disappeared, and all of a sudden he was on the other side of the wall. All I saw was his head come up. He looked right at, pretty much right at us and right at them. I don't know if, who, who he saw because we were 
we, we were, we were sitting, we were almost lined up from where that bird was. And then all of a sudden he was just gone. And I'm like, all right, like what's going on? What's going on? And then like 30 seconds later, not even, I think Matt was standing up and he was like, all right, next spot. Let's, let's find another spot. But yeah. I was just like, you know, you, you know, as a hunter, like you, you get to that point where your, your heart's racing and you're breathing fast and all that stuff. And when it's your, when you're waiting for your kid to do it, it's 10 times worse because <laughs> it's just, it, there's just like so much more like on top of it at the same time. It was just, it was absolutely insane. And then, like you said, Trev, the bird came in and then it left and then it kind of came back. And, you know, the whole time you're, you were kind of like, Oh, that's a dead bird. That's a dead bird. That's a dead bird. I'm like, all right, well, let, let's get a dead bird. Like, let's make this happen. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it ended up being where, you know, they made the right call and uh, we just decided to move on. So we ended up going into two other spots and we went in there and still no gobbles, which was the, both of those spots are A plus spots. I've killed a ton of birds in both of those spots and Matt's killed some birds in, in one of those spots. And it was super, it was tough to me. And I kept saying to Matt, I'm like, Matt, I'm like, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to be a tough year. Like these are good spots. These are top 10 spots for me that like I kill a ton of birds and especially not pressured birds. You know, it might've been that mid morning. And I know that with that barometric change, it had been like 90 degrees the day before and then 70 degrees, huge change in temperature. There's a lot of things that are playing roles in this. And I was just like super upset. I'm like, dude, what are we going to do? So that's when, and we pushed through those spots, man. We did a lot of hiking, and Kaysen was keeping right up with us the whole time. Didn't I didn't hear a peep out of him. Not a peep. The whole entire time. And we did, what? by the end of the day, how many did we? How many miles did we end up doing, Steve? So just to the point where we uh, harvested his bird was six miles of, and pretty much all six miles was in the woods. That's crazy. Um, and that's, that's just what my watch picked up. But mm-hmm. if, I, if we walk too slow, it won't pick us up. So, so we might have done seven, seven or eight total. But, yeah, like you said, he did not complain once. He just was like, all right, next spot, let's go. Mm-hmm. And he was just ready to rumble. And it was so awesome yep. to see a youth that that has that mindset, man, because you don't see that a lot anymore, like with young kids. So it was awesome. We ended up – we grabbed some gas and some food, and then I was like, all right, we're going to go to one last spot. I got one spot. That's what – that's what, number spot number five? Yeah. It was number five. Yep. Number five. So we, we got over to that spot, and so I said to Matt, I said, this place, if the birds are where we want them, they can be in one or two spots, this place is going to set up very nicely to be able to kill a bird. We have two opportunities if these birds are in these two spots, and they normally are. Historically, they they sit in these two spots. And last year, I only killed one bird out of there, and uh, so there's always a ton of birds in there. And so we get over there and we're driving down the road and I'm like, all right, Matt, I said, they're normally up on this ridge here, blah, 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 blah. And me and Matt are in the truck together. And he's like, well, maybe we set over and we'll try and throw a locate call down. And he goes to pull off the side of the road and I hear beep, beep. And I'm like, oh crap. I said, Matt, they're right there. They're right in the ditch line. Like literally two of them right in the ditch line. And I'm like, all right. I said, perfect. They're, they're set up perfect. This is how it's going to work. We're going to go around this side. We can come on the back side of this ridge. We'll call them, we'll call them right down this ridge, right across. They're going to come right in. It's going to be picture perfect, right? So we get around the other side, and we all get all geared up. Kason's ready to rock and roll. We start to walk our way across and get on this other ridge line. So we get up over in there, and now Matt ends up hitting the call. 
And no gobble. Hits the call again. He's cutting, 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 cutting. Yelp, yelp, yelp. Nothing. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, come on, guys. Gobble back. Gobble back. Finally, the third or fourth time he ends up cutting, and they end up gobbling back. Now, there's two different groups of them at this point. They both light off, and there's two different groups and multiple birds in those groups. So there's probably four or five birds here that we're, that we're working with. So we decided to set up, and the only the only one downfall with this setup that kind of gets me a little bit upset is, on, and I've had this problem before, there's a ditch line, and there's this big ditch in this ravine, and sometimes in this ditch, there is a, um, a problem, and they don't come across that ditch. So I've held them, had them hold up on this ditch. Because there's a creek that runs through there. And if it's any type of water in there, they will not come over. So I said to Matt, I said, I said, Matt, I said, the only thing that worries me looking this way and you can't really see, I said, there's a ditch down in the bottom of this hill. And he's like, two wing beats, they'll be right over it, dude. He said, they're going to come, they're going to come. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. He's like, I've had them come across the Connecticut River. I'm like, yeah, I've had them come across crazy things, but I just don't want it to happen here. Just letting you know. He's like, no, we'll set up right here. So, um, Matt and Kaysen get in this blowdown. We set the decoy. What was it? Ten steps in front of us, Steve. I think it was twelve steps in front of. It's twelve steps in front of them. Twelve steps in front of them. They put the decoy out right, and Matt starts calling. Mm-hmm. Me and Steve ended up deciding to go a little bit further back off to the left. And in this blowdown, we had these like these pine boughs right in front of us, so we can like barely see through it, but. I want to make sure that we're covered more than anybody so that we don't, we're not the reason why something bad ends up happening. So Matt starts hollering off and these birds are just wrapping off constantly, 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 constantly. And they're a little bit further off. And then one time he goes to call and these birds are almost on top of us, like almost instantaneously. And they're a lot closer. And I'm saying to Steve, I said, Steve, I said, these dead birds like they're dead and he's like what do you mean i said they're dead they're dead so they start coming and they start coming in dude and they just they did it absolutely dirty after like 15 minutes of calling so Kason, take us take us into your feeling from from hearing those birds coming in getting closer and then finally seeing them so like at first when we heard him it was like the same thing as when we first heard him at the first spot um, I looked right at him, looked back, went straight up to Matt, confused, didn't know what to do. He said, run over there, sit right in that corner. So I'm like, okay. So I sat, sat in the corner because um, there was like a tree and then the dead tree behind it. And I thought that we were going to get seen instantly, but that wasn't true, clearly. But so when we went in, I was sitting there. We heard the birds. And like you said, they popped right out of nowhere. So that was shocking. And then when they came in, he said something. I couldn't quite make it out. And then eventually, um, after he told me what he was saying, but he said it like a bunch of times. He said it one more time louder. So I was like, okay, well, he said it a bunch of times, so I'm going to just shoot the bird. So I shot the bird. And then after, um, he came up, and he was, and I was like, and he was like, why didn't you shoot it the first time I said it? And I was like, said what? And he was like, I said kill him like five times. <laughs> So there was a little tiny tree in between them. So there was like the blowdown, and then there was a little tree. So Matt has the camera there, and Kason's on one side, and Matt's on the other side, and he kept saying, kill him, 
kill him. And then he's like, kill him. <laughs> and finally, Casey was able to shoot him. But those birds came in and they did it absolutely picture perfect. Like they came in and you could you could see in the footage. I mean, the video is absolutely flawless. They start coming in and they start to do that head pop and that aggressive pose where that head pops up. And then the other one races in. And they start to beat on the on the decoy, and Steve's sitting next to me, and he's like, "Shoot him, shoot him!" I'm like, "They're not going nowhere, <laughs> dude. Them things are dead. Like they're 12 steps away from them, and literally just doing it absolutely dirty." So they're getting footage of this whole entire thing, and when Kaysen ends up shooting this bird, he knocks his block off, like no questions asked. Shoots his beak off, like he laid down a a. a a 10 out of 10 shot was phenomenal shot shoot. And uh, so what were your thoughts once you shot the bird, man? Like what, what do you, what's going through your mind? What's going through your head? Like it all came together. Well, when he came up, like as soon as I, as soon as I shot it, um, I wasn't expecting to get like that good of a shot. And I thought it was a bad shot. Cause his wings were still flapping a little bit when he was like over there. Cause like I've never been turkey hunting again, but, it was like really crazy. I didn't really, I don't really remember what I thought because it was just like a bunch of thoughts coming in at one time. Because it's like the first ever thing I've ever killed hunting, and it's like my first ever turkey as well. So it's like I didn't really know what to think of it until we went over, and then you like picked it up, and it was dead for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it was crazy. Were you shaking a lot? Was your heart pumping? Yes. Were you breathing I was heavy? Shaking a lot. <laughs> the adrenaline's going. Dad, what were you feeling when this was all happening, man? Oh, uh, it was it was awesome. I mean, um, kind of like going back a little bit, like from the time we saw those birds come up to the time that shot was probably maybe eight or 10 seconds total. I mean, it was, it was quick. Um, hindsight in the moment, it seemed like it was taking forever. And, you know, the, the birds came up and they rushed in, they were on the decoy and they were just kind of standing there and they're, they're bobbing around. And I'm like, like, man, these, these birds are going to booger out of here. Like something's going to happen whatever. And I'm like, shoot, 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 like shoot, Kate, shoot, 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 shoot. And then like all of a sudden it was just bam. And that bird, like you said, he just went down and that was it. And it was nights out. It was. So it was. It was awesome. It was an amazing, amazing time, and it couldn't yeah. have been picture perfect. And that's what you look for when you're doing that, because like the first bird, it's almost a blessing in disguise. He got the, he got to see what it was all about, and then then ended up abling to do it the right way. Like, okay, this is how it works. There was a lot of learning experiences throughout the entire day where. You wouldn't you agree, Kason? Where like you can, yeah. You you got to see what happens off the roost. They came in. The shot wasn't perfect. You did the right thing. You guys were able to pass the bird. Then you worked real hard throughout the day and trying to find birds. No gobbles. No gobbles. No gobbles. And then when it actually happens, it happens fast, quick, and it was right. You know, and you were able to kill an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal bird. Did you guys end up weighing it when you got back to your place, Steve? 
Yeah, it was uh, just under 22 pounds. That's what I thought, and that's what I had said, 22 pounds. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, twenty, just under 22, 9-inch uh, beard and 7-8-inch spurs. Oh, beautiful bird. Absolute beautiful yep. bird. It was so cool. It was cool. I, I, I really appreciate you guys allowing us to be part of it because that was – it was an experience. It really was. It was a great hunt. It was a great day. And it doesn't get any better than that. Definitely not. I think one of the cool things too, and we can tell this part also. So while we were while we were doing everything and taking pictures and kind of taking everything in, there were still birds gobbling up on the hill. And they mm. were still on their way in. <laughs> so <laughs> so we decided and I I'm, and I was like well, if they're going to come, we might as well kill them. So we take the bird and we throw it up behind the blowdown and we we start calling. And we tried getting them come in and they came in and they started coming. But guess what happened? They didn't want to cross the, the ditch. They did not cross the ditch. <laughs> they came in but did not cross the ditch. And that was the thing that I was so worried about with the first set of birds. But they came in and they did it right. The second set of birds did not want to cross that ditch. And it was so weird. Is that ditch the property line? It's not the property line. Nope. No, it's not the property line. Um, It's in the middle. I don't want to set it up too much because it'll break down the spot. But the thing is that there, there is a ditch in between where the birds normally are and where you need them to come to, um, to be able to mm-hmm. kill them. But yeah, it was kind of crazy. Do you have any questions for, for case and Steve Mardik? No, I don't. But like you said, to touch back on what you just said, I think it's great that he got the full experience on that hunt where, I mean, everybody likes to just go out there, set up right off the roost and kill them. But what's the fun in that? Like to, to get the, the close encounter, and the running gun and multiple properties, and then finally get the success. <clears throat> he got the full flavor of what turkey hunting is all about. Casein, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you want to add to it, buddy? Um, no, not really. I just wanted to thank you and Matt for letting <laughs> yeah. me come out. I heard you, Dad. <laughs> no, you you don't have to thank us, man. We we want to thank you for being a, a phenomenal sportsman, dedicated sportsman, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing your journeys throughout, man. And hopefully, you know, there's still you still got three or four more years of youth hunting that you can come and hunt with us. Then we would love to have you, man, because. Honestly, you, you, your dedication to the sport and everything that you do, you're raised right by a good father who's into it and into the sport, dude, and doing it absolutely right, and it doesn't get any better than this, man. And the smile on your face tells it all. You had a great day. You enjoyed it, and it was it was truly, truly amazing, dude, to see everything unfold, and you did a phenomenal job. You really did. And, Thank uh, you. Absolutely, man. Well, I guess that kind of I mean, I don't I don't think there's really much else to tell. What do you anything else from you, Dad? No, I think that pretty much covers the the whole thing. I mean, I just want to reiterate like what Steve was saying is that it him not taking that first bird in the morning, I think made it that much better of a hunt mm-hmm. because again, he re- we he really had to work for that second one. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't a gift, but you know, to go out, sit down, shoot, and be done by seven o'clock is don't get me wrong, that's a great day. But to be able to see all the rest of it and, and go along with it. And then a lot of times Matt would like pull him aside and be like, Hey, we're doing this because of this, or we're doing this because of this, or 
normally we do it this way or normally we do it that way. But he was really very involved in not just being there and doing it, but but also teaching mm-hmm. and, and helping Case and understand why we're doing what we're doing and help me understand why we're doing what we're doing. So that, you know, when him and I go out later this week, we'll have hopefully have some good success as well. Absolutely. And I mean, that's really what it's all about, to be honest, is like the youth hunt is not about just killing the bird, but teaching somebody to put them in that scenario where they can do it on their own in the future. If we don't explain it, then we're just literally guiding you to put you in a bird. But if we're not taking the time to explain and show and for you to understand, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. And I think that's one of the most important things when it comes to hunting with anybody is explaining it to make it so that it is successful. And the, your first bird, like you guys said, you should have to work for that bird. If you killed it right off the stick, you wouldn't understand half of turkey hunting. You would just understand that it came off the stick, you killed it, and that was the end of it. And what fun would that be? You know, you don't really have a story to tell at that point. And well, not only that, that, like the next... Go ahead. Go ahead go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you would have killed one off the stick on his first turkey hunt, imagine his next turkey hunt when you don't kill him off the stick. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you can't expect that every time, and, like, it could almost it's like shooting a giant buck on your first ever deer hunt and now you're chasing that for the rest of your life so you kind of you kind of want to earn it the first time so you know mm-hmm. what it actually can take because you don't want it to be too easy your first time I totally agree with that absolutely well guys we really appreciate it case congratulations on your first turkey man i hope that we get to do it again soon maybe we'll go out this weekend we'll see what happens with the weather and uh for everyone else thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive